Castle. It's 6 a.m. Rise and shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to the grind. And good Wednesday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Hump Day edition of The Grind. Excited to be in here on a Wednesday as we're halfway through, or beginning the halfway point of the weekly schedule, and, and excited uh, about some sports topics as, as things are getting ramped up. Got a little inter-squad play going on in the Major League Baseball era. Uh, talking a little bit more about college football and what that could look like. And uh, and Pat Mahomes is a paid man right now. We, we, we kind of pushed it out of yesterday's show, but we'll sure hit it early today. And then also 59 days until it's football time in Tennessee. Only one Hall of Famer in the NFL to wear number 59. We'll talk about Mr. Jack Ham later in the show, but also talk about who wore it for the Vols. Uh, who wore it, uh, who wears it currently for the Vols, and then who were champions in 1959. But we talk, we open up today, we're talking a little bit about baseball, because as they they released the schedule yesterday, or actually, I guess two days ago now, but uh, but they, they released it late on Monday afternoon, and, and really, the you know, we know that the season's going to look different. Uh, we, we want it to get off the ground, basically. But the usual 162-game marathon, forget about it in the middle of the season, and then pick it back up in the fall, that's not going to happen. Uh, it's going to start later this month around the 23rd, and then it's going to be a sprint to the finish, 60 games. That basically, uh, you know, will we'll be a, a different-looking champion, will be a different-looking uh, season because you got to win right out of the gate. The uh, finding who you are and then building out of it, uh, that's going to have to happen right now in the preseason. But uh, how it'll work is each team will play, again, 10 games against each, each of the teams in their division. That'll total 40 games, and then there will be 20 interleague games against teams in its corresponding geographic division, uh, i.e. AL East will go with NL East, AL Central, NL Central, and then AL West to NL West. Kind of makes sense. Uh, six of those 20 games will be against the team's natural interleague rival. Example, Yankees, Mets, Whites, uh, White Sox, Cubs, etc. Uh, opening day will be July 23rd, and two games will be played with the other teams playing their first game July 24th. So t- July 24th is the big opening day and then the regular season season regular season is scheduled to end September the 27th and then they will push for a quick postseason uh, that I think they want to wrap up by the end of October the postseason will follow the usual format with the two wildcard teams in each league meeting in a one-game playoff and the winner advancing to play the division winners uh, don't forget about rule changes. Again, the universal DH. Uh, Major League Baseball said the National League will now have a DH, so that will be across all of Major League Baseball. Uh, three batter minimum, 
for pitchers and an extra inning start with a runner in scoring position, runner on second base. So that's a that's some different looks at the baseball season right out of the gate. And then here's some matchups. If you look down, and again, this is an article uh, written by David Schoenfield, uh, some articles or some games that you really don't want to miss. Uh, one of the big ones right out of the gate, July 23rd through the 26th is the Nationals-Yankees. The Washington Nationals defending World Series champ versus the New York Yankees. The dates to circle July 23rd through the 26th. The last time we saw Max Scherzer, he gutted out a five-inning Game 7 World Series victory just three days after being scratched from a Game 5 start. Uh, but he, you know, he, he couldn't lift his hand. He had to you know, have his wife help him get dressed, but then he found it out. The last time we saw Garrett Cole, who's the new Yanks ace, uh, he was warming up in the bullpen late in that game, but never entered the matchup, even though the Astros blew a 2-0 lead and the Nationals got six runs in the final two innings. Uh, the shortened season should open with Scherzer as the defending champion facing off against Garrett Cole, what could have been, but with his new team. It's a perfect matchup uh, to get baseball off and running. And again, two of the, uh, I would say, favorites uh, in that in that side of things, the Nationals-Yanks, uh, you know, you could see that being a, uh, a World Series matchup later on uh, as you speak. But Major League Baseball opening day games on ESPN, uh, July 23rd, the two games that they've picked are Yankees-Nationals, 7 p.m. start time Eastern, and then Giants-Dodgers. Uh, that will be a 10 p.m. Eastern start. So a little late on that day. I'm trying to, trying to find a calendar real quick. The July 23rd, what day is that on? Sorry, I apologize. I, I guess I should know that, but I don't. I don't get very far ahead. That's a Thursday. That's a Thursday. So 7 and 10 o'clock p.m. on a Thursday will kick off baseball. And then the following day, Friday, it will kick off with Braves-Mets, 4 p.m., Brewers-Cubs at 7 p.m., and Angels and A's at 10 p.m., but a couple more opening day games to, to check out or, or series to kind of keep up with. Uh, Los Angeles Dodgers versus the Houston Astros. I think any game with the Astros in it this season is going to be intriguing. And it's not necessarily for what's played on the field, but it's how how brash the other team is in bashing uh, the Houston Astros for, for the scandal that was uh, 2017. And uh, the original schedule featured the AL West playing the NL East. Uh, but the new schedule aligned geographically with each division playing a corresponding division. For the Dodgers, that means another anticipated showdown with the Astros in a rematch of that 2017 World Series. Health and safety uh, will will prohibit unsportsmanlike conduct, Okay, such as engaging in altercations on the field, which is a kinder way of saying no brawls, gentlemen. Uh, but... What happens if a Dodgers pitcher uh, throws high and tight to an Astros batter? And on the other hand, given the, the look and the nature of this season and with pre presuming that there won't be any fans in the stands, you know, maybe the whole sign-stealing narrative will fail to become the big story. I don't think so. I think it's going to be it's going to be unwritten. It's going to be there are going to be some things that float up a little bit if they're a pitcher and um 
I just think it's gonna it's gonna be one of those that uh, you see early and you see often because they're gonna play late July, July twenty eighth and 9th. But I think they'll see each other again uh, on down on down the road. Uh, the next series on August seventh through the 9th is the Oakland A's versus the Houston Astros. Imagine that uh, a ten game. The ten games between the A's and Astros will be interesting enough as the uh, the the A's look to wrestle the AL West title away from Houston. But it'll be even more kind of a hot topic because Mike Fears pitches against his former team. Uh, Fears was the whistleblower who kick-started the investigation into the Astros' sign-stealing scandal um, when he kind of uh, made the deal known about what happened in 2017. The Astros won the season series 11-8 to in 2019, but the A's have reconstructed their rotation. That should include uh, rookies Jesus Lazardo and A.J. Pook. Pook. Puck. Pook. Uh, the Astros bashed 41 home runs in 19 games against Oakland last season, so the A's will have to keep up with guys like Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, and company if they look to keep them in the yard. So the, the Oakland Athletics and the Houston Astros, that series should be uh, one to watch this season. Chicago White Sox versus the Chicago Cubs, the, uh, the crosstown rival dates will be August 21st through the 23rd. Basically, a lot of offseason uh, additions in both of these franchises. Uh, Yasmani Grandal, uh, Dallas Keuchel, Edwin Encarcion, and Gio Gonzalez, plus rookie Luis Robert and Nick M- Madrigal. That's, I love their names. Like, it's just it's the best thing. Are ready to get into these lineups, but they're enthusiastic on the si- south side while the White Sox seeking their first playoff appearance since 2008, have sat down in the lower tier for quite some time. They also, the only season since Chicago teams met in the 1906 World Series that both made the playoffs. Uh, That's a long time. It could happen here in 2020. Uh, That would make the City Series uh, one of the best interleague matchups of this shortened season. Been a long time since Chicago was a White Sox town. Uh, it basically been the early 90s since the White Sox outdrew the Cubs uh, in attendance, but maybe Chicago can at least become a two-team baseball city uh, with this uh, rivalry and with this matchup kind of, I guess, hitting heads, if you will. Uh, Minnesota Twins and the Cleveland Indians. Uh, they'll hold a series August 24th through the 26th. And as you look, uh, as, as the White Sox may try to make it a three-team race in the AL Central, um, but at a minimum, I think you've got to look at the good battle that's going to be had between the Twins and the Indians. A contrast in style between the mashing Twins, who set the single-season home run record in 2019, and the rotation-deep Cleveland Indians. In last year's meeting, each team scored 79 runs, with Cleveland winning the season series 10-9. to The Twins averaged six runs per game against non-Cleveland opponents, but just 4.2 against the Indians. This is the second of three series between the team uh, for the for the shortened season, but the third coming in mid-September in Minnesota, meaning the Twins will get seven of the ten games in the, uh, in, in the uh, Twin Cities. And note, it will be interesting to see how on f- home field advantage plays out this year without fans. And I think that's, that's a dynamic that none of us understand nor uh, have really a whole lot of bearing on how this how this will necessarily shake out. Uh, some other keynotes 
uh, series that, that you'll want to look for, Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees. Uh, they'll play the end of August into September, August 31st through September 2nd. Uh, the Yankees assumed to be the first place uh, good enough through a June June 15th last season, but then jumped to a seven-game lead by the end of the month, cruised to their final seven-win margin over the Rays. It helped that they went 17-2 and against the Orioles, but they cleaned up against the entire division going 52-22 and versus AL East opponents, including a 12-7 and standing against the Rays. That doesn't say the whole story as the Yankees outscored the Rays 96-56, to but the Rays have a chance to get back in this, but they have to do it uh, against the Yankees 10 different times. The Rays and Yankees play all three of their series between August 6th and September 2nd, so we'll know real quick who is the uh, is the hot commodity there in the AL East. Another big matchup is the the reigning World Series champ Washington Nationals and the Atlanta Braves. Uh, the dates will be September 4th through the 6th. The Nationals, again, the defending champs, but the Braves are the defending NL East champs. Uh, the Braves have to replace Josh Donaldson uh, in the middle of the lineup, but they added Marcel Ozuna, uh, who could assume the DH duties. No pitchers hitting in the National League this year and will count on continued improvement by Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albies, and Dansby Swanson. The Braves won the season series 11-8 a season ago, even though Nationals pitchers held Freddie Freeman without a homer in 19 games. Juan Soto, meanwhile, hit 303, 453, and 636 against Atlanta. The teams will meet seven times in 10 days between September 4th and the 13th. So bang-bang series for those two franchises, and hopefully the Bravos uh, can have some some success in that series. The Braves without Freddie Freeman at the moment because he has tested positive for COVID-19. So not the uh, the best ideal situation right now, but he gets it, gets the antibodies, gets healed up, and he'll be back uh, to play in that series. Uh, Cincinnati Reds and the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, again, uh, Knoxville product, Tennessee product, uh, Nick Senzel plays for the Cincinnati Reds. We wish him the best. Uh, the dates of September the 11th through September the 13th, the Reds were the most active in the NL in the offseason, bringing in Mike Moustakas, uh, Nicholas Castellanos, outfielder Shogo Akiyama uh, from Japan, and Wade Miley. Uh, plus, they'll have Trevor Bauer in the rotation. That includes Luis Castillo, and Sonny Gray. On paper, it looks like the best rotation in what is a wide-open NL Central. And the Reds went 7-12 and against the Cards in 2019 and haven't gotten this season series win since 2011. They'll need to pick up from their 24-33 and record in one-game runs uh, if they want to climb out of a 500, uh, ser- or 500 record uh, for the first time since 2013. The Cincinnati Reds are poised for some improvement but will it be enough to overtake the St. Louis Cardinals? The Atlanta Braves-New York Mets series will be September 18th through the 20th. One factor uh, with the schedule will be strength of the division, not just each team's division, but also its counterpart in the other league. In a normal 162-game series, teams play 47% of their games within their own division. This year it will be 67%, uh, with the other 20 coming against corresponding divisions. Uh, This could be tough for a team such as the Mets, who will have to navigate the Braves, Nationals, Phillies 30 
different times and then play the Yankees, Rays, and Red Sox in interleague action. The Mets will end the season with 10 tough games facing the Braves, Rays, and Nationals uh, and uh, and get uh, they've got to get their, their season off and running as quick as they can. But the final weekend, we've went from opening day uh, to final weekend as we discussed, but the dates are September 24th through the 27th and the most intriguing final series of the regular season will be Brewers at Cardinals, a four-game stint, Mets-Nationals for four games, Astros-Rangers, Cubs at White Sox, Red Sox at the Braves, Angels at the Dodgers, and Reds at the Twins. There's a lot of season-ending interleague series, which means increased potential for more games to have meaning if the playoff races are tight. I I love the... The dynamic, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm interested to see how this season shakes out. I, I don't know that some people won't, won't enjoy this season. They won't enjoy a shortened season. Now, granted, it's been terrible from, from March March 18th when the lights came out on uh, in, in this area. But, you know, about March 18th, March 20th uh, till now, no sports has been kind of dull. Let's just be honest. Let's just say it the way it is. But now that we're on the cusp of having baseball back again, uh, it's 60-game season, push to the finish. Every game kind of matters. Uh, really, after you – you know, no longer 162-game season, you can be 30 games in and you're still – you're fine. Now 10 games in, you're going to have to be finding your way. You're going to have to be doing what you need to do to get it, get in position to, to be leading a division, et cetera, et cetera. I know, I know last year there was certain divisions where, where – there was dang near 60-game leads over people toward the end of the season. So uh, we won't see that this season. And like I said, the intrigue week-to-week should ratchet up as this season shortened. Series are interesting, and you don't have to travel far from home if your local team is right around the corner. So, uh, again, uh, it will start here in a couple weeks, but wanted to run down the, the schedules as they were released just a day or two ago and uh, talk about some of the hot series Right out of the gate. Again, the opening series will be uh, opening day, July 23rd and 4th, and then it will close down shop on September the 27th. But that's the opening schedule right there for Major League Baseball. We've talked for about 18 minutes. Let's take us a little quick break, listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about Pat Mahomes' big payday, what it looks like for the Chiefs, how much he'll make per game, and then also – Does that make them better for the long haul? We'll talk about that. And also the Ivy Leagues to make a decision today on how they will address fall sports. We'll talk about it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. 
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. At the Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help, they can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online 42SD.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42SD.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So, if you or your business would like to support these great student-athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100 or shoot us an email at info at wkbl.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. 
Our brand new website has ways to hook into the grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Wednesday edition of The Grind. As as July 6th was the day, and 503 was the number, the Chiefs and Super Bowl champion MVP quarterback Patrick Mahomes have reached a deal, a 10-year deal, contract extension that ties him to the Kansas City Chiefs through the 2031 season. The team announced on Monday... Uh, league sources told ESPN that the deal is worth $450 million over 10 years and could be worth up to $503 million. The extension includes a $140 million injury guarantee as well as a no-trade clause. It also includes the ability uh, for Mahomes to have, outs, to have outs if certain guaranteed mechanisms aren't exercised. Uh, since he joined the Chiefs just a few years ago, Patrick has developed into one of the most prolific athletes in all of sports, said Chiefs chairman Clark Hunt, uh, a statement about the quarterback who led it to his first championship in 50 years. With his dynamic play, oh, hold on, hold on. With his dynamic play and infectious personality, he is one of the most recognized and loved figures to put on a Chiefs uniform. He's an extraordinary leader and a credit to the Kansas City community. And I don't think he's got to worry about credit anymore and I'm delighted that he will be a member of the Chiefs for many years to come Mahomes tweeted about the deal following the announcement he said here to stay and he's got a picture of Arrowhead Stadium Uh, the Chiefs picked up Mahomes fifth year option for the 21 season in April uh, putting him under contract for the next two seasons but Mahomes had two years 26.27.6 million dollars left on his rookie deal 2.8 million this year and 24.8 in 2021 but the 10-year extension puts him under contract for the next 12 seasons Mahomes will receive 83 million plus in signing bonuses from 2021 to 23 21.7 in in the year 2021 27.4 in 22 and 34 million in 2023 the first years three years are fully guaranteed and the Chiefs added $25 million in incentives over the 10 years for Mahomes, starting in 2022 and running for the 10 seasons. Mahomes will have $1.25 million incentive for winning the AFC Championship game and $1.25 million incentive for winning NFL MVP. 
With his landmarks payouts over the next 12 years, Mahomes will have the richest valued contract in American professional sports. Who'd he beat out? Mike Trout's biggest deal here just recently, 12 years, $426.5 million uh, just in March. Trout's contract was fully guaranteed, so that does put a little more premise on his. But Chiefs general manager Brett Veach said this deal has been priority and thanks Mahomes agent Chris Cabot and Lay Steinberg uh, for getting it done. His abilities are so rare, and the, and they couple with the incredible personality uh, is pretty outstanding. Uh, that's the GM speaking again. We're going to continue to do everything we can to surround him with talent, and this deal provides us more flexibility to do just that. He's obviously a pretty big part of our success, and we're thrilled he's going to be the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs for a long time. Jason Ward hit me up on text. He said, how much of an advantage do you think a kid of a pro athlete has over a kid who isn't? His dad was a major league pitcher. You know, I I think it's one of those deals you've saw the competitive nature your whole life. I feel like that's a, that's a strong kick. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think you've seen that. And they're, they're actually I saw a, a graphic that has, you know, what he made over his entire career was basically what Mahomes is going to make uh, next season basically but when you look at it I, I think I think that's a huge thing I, I think his father being a major league baseball player I think the the expectation to, to kind of live up to dad uh, at, at some level just as a professional athlete kind of drove him to be really good and then he's been able to be mentored and athletically gifted enough uh, to step out and do some special things but you, you know I, I look at it and I always think of guys you know what would have happened um what would have happened if, if he would have went to the Bears? You, you know, I asked that question because, you know, they, they pass up on, on several guys, you know, Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, a lot of different really good quarterbacks, and took Mitch Trubisky number two. What happens if, if Pat Mahomes ends up in, in Chicago? Some people would say, oh, he's going to be good wherever he's at. Good is not great, and great is not, you know, one of the high points in your life. He would have been good. I think the system would not have would not have tailored to him the way Andy Reid was willing to do that because Andy Reid had had Donovan McNabb before. Donovan could move. And so he knew how to use the versatility of a Pat Mahomes, uh, you know, use the the speed of a Tyreek Hill and pair it with Patrick Mahomes and not just try to use Tyreek in, in in its entirety. So, no, I think that's a that's a huge thing, but I also think uh, what gave Pat Mahomes the opportunity to get to this deal was just being in a good fit, being in a system that was willing to tailor to his abilities and not necessarily uh, put him in a box. Oh, see, see, this is a tough one. This was a tough one. I might have to ask you to call in, Jason. I need your opinion. Uh, but he said best father-son combos in sports, the Mahomes father-son, the Griffies, or the Mannings. It's tough. It's tough because I'm always going to say the Mannings. Like, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to say the Mannings. And the reason I say that is because, <laughs> I mean, Peyton's probably the best quarterback to ever play the game, in my opinion. Uh, and, and anybody who says the Tom Brady, okay, you, oh, that's your vote. You, you, we'll go that way. Whatever that looks like. But in my opinion, less, he did, less, did more with less and, and was a great quarterback. Archie. When you talk about college quarterbacks, he was he was he was a runner before running was cool. I mean, he was he was a guy that that scrambled 
uh, when that wasn't the uh, the the really the flashy thing to do. He knew what he had to do, and athletically was gifted enough to do that, and did it at a place like Ole Miss that just wasn't known to to have that greatness, and 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 probably hadn't had it since until Eli came through and, and made another little spark there. So, um, so I'm gonna go with the Mannings. I mean, I think the Mahomes thing, where it goes across two sports, that's a little different. That kind of puts a different dynamic to it, but uh, you, you know. I think anytime you're you're you you've been able to to put a father a son even even uh, I, I'm even you know when you see you know grandfather and then grandson in in the same sport I think there's some some balance there so uh, I uh, I would put it in order I would put honestly and I don't know what this says it may be my lack of understanding of the Mahomes but I would put it Mannings Griffies and then Mahomes one two three. And it's just because the Griffies, again, King Griffey Jr. was greatness. Uh, hit the perfect swing, the whole deal. Uh, the dad was really good. They actually played at the same time relatively for a little while. Uh, that That's a dynamic that n- none of the other two can say they had. And so, um, you know, I, I, I like that dynamic. So uh, I'm going to go Mannings, Griffies, and then Mahomes. But, but the Mahomes deal is, is – is crazy and and it's it's half a billion dollars half a b with a billion with a b that's a ton of money even if it's not even if it doesn't go to the full full extent of the 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 deal i mean it's still huge jason ward says homered in the same game the griffies did that's uh you just don't have that i mean you, you may never have that again ever Ever. That's just well, you might have LeBron and, and his son score score thirty in the same game. I, I just feel like that's happening. That's probably gonna happen. But anyway, uh you know, even if the deal doesn't go full tilt, even if the 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 deal just ends up being the four hundred and fifty million dollars, that's four hundred and fifty million dollars. Jerry Jones was I think I heard him all the way up here from Dallas. He was beating the walls down because of what this deal is going to do for his negotiations with Dak. Now, granted, I'll be the first one – well, I won't be the first one to say it, but I'll be the first one to say it right here this morning. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is ten times better than Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's tough. He's a good leader. He's got a lot of tools that make him, you know, like I said, tough and, and, and can really drive a football team. But he's not athletically as gifted as Pat Mahomes. He's not – He's not as honestly, in some ways, not as driven as Pat Mahomes. So, to me, uh, you got to look Dak in the face and say that. Uh, but, but I think Dak's looking for some big money. I saw some memes last night that said Dak now's asking for for a billion dollars uh, to sign uh, next year, which he's of course signed his franchise tender for the upcoming season. But I just think it has shifted up the the expectation moving forward. Because a lot of times, you know, you, you just crest the previous deal, and then the next deal is just a hair bigger, and then the next deal is just a hair bigger. This took a step that uh, we haven't seen in, in a long time, and we may never see again. $450 million. Somebody, and, and it was on Bagels and Bad Beats that leads up to this show, somebody said, how many people on the Chiefs does it take to get to that, that max year that Pat Mahomes' deal has of $53 million in one year? What does how many of his counterparts or, or his teammates do you have to accumulate to get to get to to fifty three million? Does anybody want to guess? 
I'll wait. You think it's 10 people? Maybe 20? Possibly 30. This is his data, not mine. 53. It's like a 57-man roster. I'm just putting that out there. Now, granted, can you know? I don't know what data that uses. Is that from the bottom up? You know, using using guys that are being paid league minimum, et cetera. I, I don't know. But I'm just looking at that. That locker room is going to be heavy shifted uh, in one direction. Uh, I just think it's it's a dynamic that I don't know that Pat Mahomes wanted, is looking to have, or is uh, is is interested in carrying along. But I, I think his checkbook's fine. I think he's going to be just fine. But my question is, you know, can a man hold a dollar? I'm I'm interested in seeing if Pat Mahomes would let let uh, let Wayne down here in East Tennessee hold a dollar because he's got a lot of them. I'd just go to the the I'd go to the bank and say, can I get those in small bills and see how big of a truck it'd take? It just it'd be one of those. Why not? You got four hundred fifty million dollars, but Pat Mahomes is heavily paid, and the Chiefs are locked in for about a dozen. Years. We're going to take our second break of the day. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, the Ivy League to make a vote today that could set the stage for what college football looks like in the fall. We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, and we'll see you right back. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So, if you or your business would like to support these great student-athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at wkvl.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In response to the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak, 
and in what the Blunt Partnership sees is the best interest of its visitors, employees, and community. Taste of Blunt, slated for September 10th in Maryville. The Townsend Fall Festival, scheduled for September 25th and 26th at the Townsend Visitor Center. And the Best of Blunt Awards, booked in October, are canceled. The events will not be rescheduled in 2020. These fall events are cherished productions that the community looks forward to annually, but the current environment is not conducive to holding large events where physical distancing is difficult. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media but if you say i don't like social media but i like podcasts we've got those too you can download the grind podcast on apple podcast and google play music directly from the website it's a one-stop shop for everything the grind check us out online the grindonsports.com that's the grindonsports.com got golf iguanifarmsgolf.com 970-7132 Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. A company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with. And I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007. Or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to the grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Grind Wednesday edition. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what the decision in the Ivy League will mean for fall sports and what it'll mean for college football. The first impactful decision regarding college sports will will happen uh, today. The Ivy League announced its plans on Wednesday uh, will announce its plans for fall sports on Wednesday, which could include a shortened schedule or postponing the season until the spring. Back on March the 10th, the Ivy League kind of led the way again in deciding to cancel their men and women's basketball tournaments because of the coronavirus. It was dismissed by many, including this guy right here, uh, in, in, in really uh, as an overreaction uh, made by a league with a different set of priorities is what was said. Uh, within 48 hours, the Utah Jazz had announced Rudy Gobert uh, had tested positive for COVID-19, and the NBA suspended its season 
and NCAA followed suit and canceled the rest of their season. Uh, Regardless of what the Ivy League does, the main question is, will their decision once again become a trend at the FBS level, or will it be an outlier made by a league without the same structures and incentives as big-time college football? Uh, Basically, college football brokers say that this will not be a repeat of the spring uh, for now. He says, we all pay attention to it just to see what's out there, but I think their model's a little different uh, when it comes to football. West Virginia Athletic Director Shane Lyons said, he said, who is also the chair of the Division I Football Oversight Committee. He said, it's definitely going to impact what we do as a whole, not necessarily, uh, but he said, we have to look at what we're doing with testing and protocols and the safety of the, of the student athletes and then making sure we're doing the right things Uh, from all those aspects to see if we can fill any type of season. Lyon's statement reflects the general sentiment of most athletic directors in most conferences uh, as they have interviewed many of those in in the last few days. But it said, should the Ivy League decide to cancel fall sports entirely or postpone them in favor of a spring season, uh, that would be a different dynamic. Uh, Last week, TMG Sports reported the Ivy League is considering two possibilities – for an altered football season, including foregoing the complete fall slate in favor of a seven-game conference-only spring season that would begin in April and conclude in mid-May. According to the report, the conference also have been considering opening the 2020 season in late September with a seven-game schedule, again, only conference opponents. Uh, Last Wednesday, the Ivy League announced it would make a final decision today Uh, He said, I don't think it's going to have much bearing on what the rest of the country does. That's Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott. Different part of the country, different approach to college sports and college football. Everyone is looking around the country and taking an interest in what they do, but I don't think it's going to have any bearing on what we do out here. And I think that's that's an interesting opinion, and uh, again, time will tell how truthful it is. It says there's no question the Ivy League could and probably will uh, influence FCS leagues as they grapple with the cost of repeatedly testing student-athletes for COVID-19. It's arguably an easier decision to make at that level because the FCS sports receive institutional funding and support. So while an athletic department might feel the economic crunch, uh, it is dependent upon – it's not so much dependent on college football or any accompanying TV contract to support other sports. If it costs too much to maintain a healthy environment at our institutions, uh, that we don't play sports or we we don't return students to campus, um, Jennifer Heupel said, uh, who is a Patriot League commissioner, uh, we're not going to compromise health and safety due to a football guarantee. She said that's crazy. If we can't do it safely, we're not going to do it at all. So that's the, the dynamic that they're looking at there. It said it's a mantra that's been repeated at every level, uh, but while confidence has been waning uh, with a recent surge in cases, there's also an underlying sense that if FBS-level schools can play, they'll want to play as well. It says we haven't been told by public health officials or local doctors uh, that we should stop doing what we're doing, uh, said Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby. Uh, it's just, and, and I said this the other day, his opinion is just keep putting one foot in front of the other and see what happens, but uh, there won't be any decisions to make uh, if campuses aren't open in the fall, but at this rate, 
Uh, full steam ahead at the FBS level, and the Ivy Leagues and the FCS are looking to make their own decisions. Um, but it said, yes, our, our Patriots watch. Uh, the Patriot League athletic director said, but he said, I would also argue that national presidents watch the Ivy League. Athletic directors and commissioners might not. But presidents are certainly looking at what we do at Harvard and what we are doing as a campus. So um, that may trickle down uh, to the athletic departments. Uh, <laughs> it says, everybody says, we'll pay attention to it, but the Ivy League's a little different. So I think, I think if you look at this dynamic, that's a very true statement, but it's also uh, reap or benefit versus what you're putting up. Uh, so I think they're going to they're gonna set a hard line today, whatever that looks like. Uh, whether it's a postponement till the spring, a shortened season in the fall, or a cancellation altogether, uh, that is where the Ivy League will lay their their line in the sand, and then we'll see if that uh, if that trickles up to the FBS level. I I tend to agree with most of these conference commissioners. Uh, it's a little different. Uh, no TV money tied to it. Uh, no big part of the the budget is tied to to attendance and to different things like that. So. I think the uh, the dynamic is is significantly different at the uh, at the football level at FBS versus FCS, and uh, I think the the trend of the spring uh, will not follow us into the fall. But but you know as we as we look at this, it's 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 an ever changing process. They could come out today and say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna hold serve and and kind of wait and see approach, and everybody will do just that. Uh, but if they make a decision. Uh, that's, I don't want to say earth shattering, but maybe in the in the the scheme of traditional scheduling is earth shattering. Uh, then we'll of course bring that up uh, again tomorrow. But let's take our last break of the day. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about 59 days till it's football time in Tennessee and who wore it, who did it, and who were champs in the year 1959. We'll be right back. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42SD.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007, or online at 42SD.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. 
so, if you or your business would like to support these great student athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at WKVL.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts. We've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything the Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Wednesday edition. As we sit here at 59 days till it's football time in Tennessee, the name that comes to mind when you think of 59 is Mark Hovannik. You think of him defensive tackle, 84 to 87, was a force on the defensive tackle position in his four years with the Vols. He had 19 career sacks, which lists him in the top 10 all-time when he left. He was named All-SEC First Team as a senior in 1987, and he posted five sacks and four tackles for loss. Uh, In his career, Hovannik made 87 tackles as a total, 14 coming behind the line of scrimmage. So a a little bit of a force on that defensive front, number 59, Mark Hovannik. Why I wore the number? James Woody at middle guard in 68 said, I wore number 59 as a middle guard because I was a low man on the pole. I switched to number 87 the next year when I moved to defensive end and linebacker, but my favorite thing about wearing either number was that my parents could find me on the field. So, again, uh, simple reasons, but good nonetheless. All that wore 59, Alan Ramsey started off in 37, Calvin Sexton wore it in 1938, Eugene Young, 1940, Andy McCutcheon, 1944, Chan Caldwell, 45 through 47, Hazen Crease, 1949, Bob Ball, 51-2, Jack Reynolds, 1957, Mike Costello, 1959, Jim Bates, 65-6-7, James Woody, 1968, Carl Johnson, 69-72, Dave Brady, 74-76, Joe Gibson, 77, Alan Lynn, 78-9, David Skandrick, 81-83, Mark Hovannik, 84-87, Mike Stoll, 89 through 91, Sam Piner, uh, 94 through 97, Judd Granzow, uh, 99, Victor McClure, 2001 and 2, and Adam Miles, 03 through 05, Nick Guess, 
2008 through 11, and then in 2012 to 15 had two guys, Gregory Greco and Matt Giampapa. Uh, again, some great 59s to rock uh, rocket for the Vols. If you look at the 2020 uh, roster, Dominic Bailey, a defensive lineman, sits at 6'3", 303 pounds, a freshman out of Baltimore, Maryland, St. Francis Academy, uh, and he is is wearing 59 currently uh, for the Big Orange. If you look at the 2020 roster, if you look at NFL Hall of Famers to wear 59, Jack Ham is the lone 59 uh, to be in the NFL Hall of Fame. He said, I prefer to play consistent, air-free football. He said, if you're doing your job well, defending your area, you might not get tested that often, and you have a chance to make big plays. In 12 NFL seasons out of Penn State, the 6'1", 225-pound Jack Raphael Ham Jr. was a consensus All-American. Uh, in 1970, he was a number two overall draft pick, 1971. Uh Oh, you want to put that out there. Luke Keekley's a good 59. Yeah, that's a good point. He's just not in the Hall of Fame yet. Uh, number two draft pick, 1971, won the starting linebacker position as a rookie, had speed, intelligence, ability to diagnose, and a gained reputation as a big play defender. Uh, his career record was 25 and a half sacks, 21 opponent fumble recoveries, 32 interceptions. He was all F AFC or all pro seven different years. Uh, named to eight straight Pro Bowls. And uh, from Johnstown, Pennsylvania, Jack Ham is enshrined in Canton. So the lone 59 in the NFL Hall of Fame, but that is a good 59 that Jason Ward brought up, Luke Keekley, uh, a guy who who probably had some tread left on the tires, just decided uh, to hang it up just, just a touch early. If you look at American football in 1959, the NFL championship saw the Baltimore Colts Beat the New York Giants 31-16. to August the 14th of 59, the American Football League, the AFL, was founded and would play the following year to begin their, their, their tenure as a league. The Sugar Bowl saw LSU, the Louisiana State Tigers, won 7 to nothing over the Clemson Tigers to win the AP and Coaches Poll National championship if you look at baseball in 1959 the san francisco giants officially named their new stadium candlestick park uh if you look down down the list the uh there was all kinds of things that happened uh in 1959 uh the salt lake city bees win the pacific coast league the winnipeg golden eyes win the northern league uh, and then in the world series the la dodgers won four games to two over the chicago white Sox. Series MVP Larry Sherry uh, from Los Angeles was the the fix there. Uh, it, it was a lot of different different things going on in that time, and again, a lot of different leagues and championships being formed in basketball. The NCAA championship saw Cal beat West Virginia seventy one to seven to win seventy one to seventy. Sorry, that's a big difference. Uh, to win the NCAA and the NBA Finals, the Boston Celtics beat the Minneapolis Lakers four games to none. So, again, 1959 saw a lot of champions, saw a lot of creation, if you would, and, and a lot of, of movement as sports continue to grow in, in America. In the Canadian Football League, the Grey Cup, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats 20 one to seven. So 59 days until it's football time in Tennessee, we think. 
but we're going to keep on counting until they tell us not to. So it's 59 days till it's football time in Tennessee. Luke Keekley, Jack Ham, and Mark Hovanek, 59s to remember. Uh, if you're if if that's ever on your Jeopardy question, who wore 59 uh, and who was great at it? Luke Keekley, Jack Ham, and Mark Hovanek. Just remember those three names, and you'll you'll be fine. But as we we run out of time here at the top of the hour, we're going to kick back to SB Nation. And we're going to have us a good Wednesday. Hump Day is upon us. Let's get through it. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on.